Welcome to iWoofs with your hosts, Dr. Ian and Kelly Dunbar, and me, Jamie Dunbar. So what's up this week? This week we're going to talk all about potty training. And oh, I remember, yes. Long-term yeah, and yeah, short-term yeah, yeah. confinement areas. Uh, it's all from, from before and it's on Dogstar Daily, but I get loads of questions on how to actually... Um, you know, the logistics of making this work. Yeah. Let me very quickly then just summarize, and then we can probably go to some questions. So it, it goes like this, that in terms of preventing um, house soiling and chewing problems and separation anxiety problems, um, when the owner is away from home, and, and this is during the first weeks or months that they had their puppy or adopted dog. So for puppies, it's probably got to go on for one, two or three months. For an adopted adult, probably one or two weeks, and then he gets the idea. When the owner's away from home, the dog needs to be in a long-term confinement area. When the owner's at home, he needs to be in a short-term confinement area. So I'll briefly explain why. A long-term confinement area has a bed, the dog's comfortable, has chew toys, stuff with food, um, kongs, squirrel dudes, uh, biscuit balls, big kahunas. So the dog has entertainment and he will chew and then fall asleep. So he doesn't learn to bark or become active or, or antsy. There's always a fresh supply of water, always. Dogs, when confined, they always need a fresh supply of water. The long-term confinement area, though, has a toilet in it. Because we're leaving the dog for a long time, a time with puppies which is certainly longer than their bladder capacity. So they need a doggy toilet, an indoor doggy toilet. When and the long-term confinement area basically self-trains the dog. We set it up. The owner just sets it up and the dog learns to use his toilet because it's as far, you know, away from his bed. The dog naturally wants to do that because it smells of urine. And the dog wants to pee where there's the smell of urine. And also the dog learns to chew-chew toys. The short-term confinement area is very different. And this would be a dog crate or you can just put your dog on leash tie the leash to an eye hook on the wall, or have the leash round your belt. Like some people like to use that umbilical method. The whole point of short-term confinement is to prevent mistakes around the house again. Um, the only thing within reach of the dog is a chew toy stuffed with food. So again, the dog is chewing his chew toy, and the owner can reward him for doing so. But the most important reason vis-a-vis uh, -vis house training is so we can predict when the dog will want to eliminate. So your so short-term confinement means that it's an, an area small enough that the dog will not eliminate. Absolutely. So a crate, it's basically a bedroom. And so it's a crate or a short three-foot leash, an eye hook on the wall by the dog's bed. So the assumption is that a dog won't, won't eliminate unless they can move away from That's the it. But generally, area? when the dog is in his bedroom, there's a very strong inhibition now about soiling his bed. I mean, dogs are not entirely stupid here. They're not quite as fastidious as cats may be, but they don't want to soil their bed. And about this inhibition is only going to work for 60 minutes, 90 minutes, two hours max. For a puppy. For a young puppy. So what we do is when the owner's at home, we have the dog in this short-term confinement set up, and every hour on the hour, the owner gives the dog the opportunity to go. So they take the dog on leash, they hurry to where his toilet is, indoors or outdoors, then they stand still and bingo, that young puppy is going to urinate within one minute, within 60 seconds. So the whole point of this is so the owner could be there when the dog wants to go to take the dog to the right place to show him where 
and then reward him for going there. And with rewards, as you know, I strongly recommend give three liver treats. And the reason is most people are, are not very good at rewarding. You know, if it's a rainy day and you had to leave your TV program to take your dog outside the wee and, and he takes his time and eventually goes, the reward is like something like, about damn time, get inside. You know, no, 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 you've got to say, oh, he's a good boy, good puppy, good pee, good pee. Oh, yes, 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 yes. People don't do that, but they can say, good dog, here's a liver treat, here's a second one, here's a third one. And the puppy goes, yippee, that's incredible. You know, I pee, I get liver treats. I like our little Hugo. We take him outside, he pees, and then he runs and sits where we keep the food treats in the little container outdoors. He's so happy and proud of himself. And, and, and this is cool. And I don't mind rewarding him for peeing outside for as long as he lives because I don't want him to do it inside. So, so that's basically the house training setup for puppy or for adult dog. In your book before, but um, we've got some questions from people who have already looked at the material and they have more specific questions about the logistics of setting up the house training situation. You know, I think we could do all series two on house training. Well, we could, go. but we'll just yeah. choose, we'll choose a few interesting questions because, you know, they, they encompass, you know, all of the different problems. They're, you know, they're, they're well thought out. I think, Jamie, you've got some questions there. Fire away, Jamie. Let's hear them. Sure. Uh, let's see. Well, I'm thinking about getting a puppy. You're not. You are? <laughs> oh, this is the question. These are submitted questions. Okay. That we collected. <laughs> I see, yeah. The person who submitted this question is thinking, thinking about, about getting a puppy. Got it. However, they work. Very, they have a job that requires that they work very long nights. So their question, there are several questions, in fact, are about the indoor toilet areas, which you have described so often. They have always trained their dogs using a very similar method to what you describe using a crate. However, they have not ever had the indoor toileting area, but rather just taken the puppy out every hour, gradually increasing the intervals as bladder capacity grows. Now, do you recommend getting up at night to toilet train the puppy, or just leaving the toilet area accessible? Also, when using the toilet area indoors, how do you trans transition to outdoors? They don't mind making a mini yard in the apartment for a while, but wouldn't want to make it, uh, make it permanent. Also, do dogs generally transition well? How long does it take? They're on the fourth floor. Will well, that this be person a problem? Wants to, how many questions have we asked? It? Let, let's just take them one by one. Got a lot of um, details. So what can yeah, I say? Do I believe in getting up at night? No. Um, and, and luckily, we'll find that the no. do dogs, no, I, I mean for the puppy, to take the puppy out, um, that luckily we'll find that dogs are diurnal um, like us. Well, they're more precisely, they're crepuscular, but they sleep at night, let's put it this way, and they sleep in the daytime too, but they sleep at night. So the dog's bladder capacity at night, even a young puppy, he's probably going to make four or five hours. And so what we need to do there is either... The owners, if there's two of them, like in our house, I always did night duty. I stayed up as late as possible with little Hugo. And 1 a.m. I took him out for his last one. And then Kelly would get up bright and early in the morning, 6 a.m., and would take him out for his first pee of the day. Because when he was that little, when he was that young, seven weeks old, he only had about a five to six hour yeah. window of sleep time in yeah. the evening. But so, we, so it's only going to be for a couple of weeks. But we wanted it to then, be an uninterrupted window is what you're saying. Yes. Even so, if it's a short one. Yes. So, so that's one option. Or well, the second option is, if you're a sound sleeper and you like to get, you know, a standard 10 hours, then at night, put your puppy in a long-term confinement area where he has access to his indoor toilet. Appropriate. 
yeah. toilet yeah. area. And, and, and so it's, it's up to them really to decide. I prefer the first technique and knowing that, you know, the first two weeks of having a puppy is like, it is difficult and the sleep is a problem for us as well. I mean, you know, the puppy's whining when you put him to bed and he, he wants to go pee and you're on the schedule. But his bladder capacity quickly grows within two to three weeks. Raising a puppy is so much faster than raising a human child. Oh, absolutely. It goes so quickly. I, it may be yeah. a lot of work, but it's for a short period of time. Yeah. After one month, you know, you're going to bed at 10 p.m. and you're getting up at 6 a.m. and the puppy can last the eight hours. That's, that's pretty cool. And, and because we've also, we're training them to hold it, you see, by getting them up in the morning and taking them for their first pee before they've done it, and then giving them the liver treats. We're really training them to hold on to your bladder, buddy, because the treats will be along when mum wakes up. What do you think of it, uh, that method of extending the puppy's uh, overnight potty time, maybe by 15 minutes every evening? Yeah, or, it's or a wonderful idea. Every evening? I, I like to have, I must admit, I don't like to be disturbed in the morning. And I like to have very specific rules about when dogs can socialize with me. If I'm lying in bed and my eyes are closed, it means it's a no-go area. So the easiest way for owners to signal this to the dog is to have a radio alarm. And we can now increase, you know, the, or delay the time we wake up by five minutes a day or ten minutes a day. But the puppy learns. Until the alarm goes off, life with owner does not begin. And it's one of the quickest ways I know to get rid of early morning whining. And so if we have a puppy which is waking up very early in the morning, I would set your alarm at least an hour earlier because you don't want that to happen. Because if the puppy wakes up and whines and then you get up and take him out to pee, now the puppy is telling you when to get out of bed. You're basically training the puppy to whine. And so you always want to make sure when the first day you have the puppy or the second day, you set the alarm so that you wake up when the puppy is sleepy. You can pick him up then, run him to the toilet, let him pee, give him three liver treats, put him back, and he's likely to go straight back to sleep again. We then set the alarm a little later the next day. And, and day by day, we can set the alarm later and later until after, it's only about two weeks, the alarm is now going off the normal time that it does in the morning, and the puppy has learned to wait for you and to hold his bladder and hold his bowels till you get up. So I think that's really important. Do you have any um, basic rules of them for how long a young puppy can can hold it so many people get their puppies at uh seven to nine weeks of age what's realistic for them yeah i mean they, for an overnight i, mean, I a, usually do five or six hours when a puppy show. is is born they can only hold it for an hour well actually they hold it for longer because they, they need mum to to lick them to get them to go they can't go of their own accord it's a reflex by about four weeks they they generally now their cycle is about 60 minutes long by about eight weeks, when most owners get a young puppy, they could hold it for 90 minutes to two hours. And that's why we set all of our house training programs on the hour. That's, that's it, during the day? Yes, during the daytime. Every hour on the hour, take the puppy out so we have no errors. At nighttime, they can last four or five hours easily at eight weeks. And then very quickly, within a couple more weeks, they're now lasting the six, seven, and eight hours that we require to, you know, have them go pee, last thing at night, then get to sleep quickly. And you wake up eight hours later, your pup is dying to go, and he hasn't soiled his bedroom. Isn't that pretty much the limit? You wouldn't want to leave a puppy more than eight hours, even overnight. And this is only overnight. No, only overnight. Oh, absolutely not. 
No, I mean, one mistake, it's red flag disaster. One mistake is a, a terrible thing to happen. And if you wake up in the morning and you find your puppy has soiled his bed, then you set your alarm for two hours earlier the next day. You want to make sure you wake up when that puppy's asleep so that you take him out to pee and give him the treats so he learns to hold it. So this it sounds like this woman is saying that, or man, I'm sorry, I don't actually know if it's a woman. Right? Could be a lady. That. Could be a lady. Uh, yes, I. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, this person. Uh, it sounds like they're they're willing to just go with the crate training route and and not do any indoor toileting. And and actually, that's what I prefer because I have the flexibility in my work schedule to be around and have help um, with you and with Jamie mm -hmm. to help let a puppy out frequently. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, the long-term confinement is for people who must leave their puppy for longer many than hours and it's yeah and it's essential otherwise there's the no daytime. need to necessarily no. Oh, ever no. if you do if that, you decide right? to get a puppy and take two weeks off from work to house train it and chew toy train it yeah i would totally crate train the puppy and um have him in his crate the only other thing in there are kong and every hour on the air we take him out to go pee trying to stretch the times at night time and he can be in the crate right by your bed so and, and i like with young puppies a little bell on their collar so you hear when they wake up, because one of the first things they do is scratch. Well, you know, this person does ask, uh, as, as Jamie said, uh, you know, if you even if you do use the indoor toilet area, what is the you know is, what are, what are the chances that the dog is not is going to be confused by that? Does, um, it, does it make a difference? Does it make it harder for them to transition to outdoors? No, yeah. She, her question was about transitioning. That for some people, um, I don't personally like having indoor toilets and since we have a garden we don't need one so we always take the puppy outside to pee right from the outset however other people like if you're at the top of an apartment block you're never going to get the puppy downstairs in, in the elevator and get him out to pee outside in time I mean he's going to do it in the hallway or on the elevator floor and so for people like that it's good to have a short term or a temporary let's say indoor toilet and how do we transition? Well, the most important thing here that they want to learn is to teach their puppy to go on cue or to go on command. And, of course, this is one of the, like the freebies you get when you're crate training. You see, when you have a puppy in a crate and every hour on the air you wake him up and say, come on, puppy, let's go pee, let's go poop, and then you quickly run him to his toilet, he's learning, aha, whenever they say go pee and go poop, I then run to my toilet and then I get the payoff. So right from the outset, you're training him to go on cue. So now when you do take him outside, and I tell people this, so you're going to take him for a walk, let's say he's three months old now, and you take him outside of your apartment block, don't go anywhere. Just stand still and tell him, go pee, go pee, because he's going to pee. And when he does, good boy, liver treat, liver treat, liver treat, walk is. Then your puppy will learn very quickly. You will end up with one of the fastest peer, you know, on this planet because he learns, wow, when I pee and also when I poop, not only do I get liver treats, but the walk begins. You know, don't make the mistake of walking the dog to get him to go. Otherwise, I know exactly what's going to happen. The work walks will get longer and longer because now the puppy is holding it. Because he learns, on rainy days especially, if I pee and poop before the poop hits the ground, the owner turns around and we're heading back home. And so the dog now will delay it. 
Well, now you're walking for an hour, you get frustrated, you come back home, a lot of owners then do a really silly thing. They let their puppy off leash while they're taking off their coat. The puppy goes straight upstairs and does it in the closet because you well, brought the puppy you? home. Well, of course I would. It's indoors. Yeah. So the, the point I'm making here is use the walk as a reward for using the outdoor toilet. But we have, in, in terms of aiding the transition process, we have actually taught this puppy to go on command. When we say go pee, go poop, he's learnt this through the crate training process. And and that's very useful for people that live in apartments, and it's very useful for people that are travelling. You know, when you are going on long drives and you stop, you know, by the freeway, input-output stops, it's really good if your puppy pees and poops quickly. And you say, go pee, go poop. Or if you're flying your dog. You know, you've got to put him in his crate now for an airline trip, and you really want him to have one last pee and poop before you do that, because it's a five-hour flight, let's say. Then we take him outside and we want to say, go pee, go poop, and we want him to do it. So it's a very, very useful command to have, and it will aid in the transition process here. Well, we've got even more questions on logistics. This one's interesting. From the same lady? She no, had... there's another oh, one. Okay. There's another yeah. person. We have lots of questions. There are lots of people on this. So they're reading and they have taking it seriously, but they have, they have questions. That's good, because I, I always like when we wrote Before You Get Your Puppy, we actually wrote it by people's questions. I mean, I explained how to house train your dog, what, in three sentences? And then I wrote all the questions that people ask, you know, like, do we have to go out with the dog? Do we have to give three treats? Wouldn't two do? And, and that's, I, I find it's a very nice way to educate people. Fire away, Jamie. Let's hear the second yes. question. All right. In his book, Before and After Getting Your Puppy, Dr. Dunbar explains how to build your own doggy toilet by lining a litter pan with soil, grass, or thin concrete tiles. Whatever matches the surface, the dog will eventually eliminate on outside. My issue is that where I live, the outdoors is covered in snow five months of the year. Hard to sprinkle some grass in there in the middle of winter. (laughs) Also, I divide my time between a city apartment during the week and a cottage in the country on weekends, so the dog will eliminate on different surfaces. Another dilemma on what to use inside that litter. Should I use a combo? Last thing. Always a multi-part question, of course. Last thing, part subsection C. I'm wondering how to clean these homemade toilets, as soil, grass, and concrete are not the easiest to clean. Oh, it wasn't the last thing. They also looked at different options on the market. Uh, The pet loo, the pet-a-potty. And uh, after reading some so-so consumer reviews and being a little put off by the price of these items, they'd really like to build their own. So, any advice? All right, let's take the questions one by one. The, The snow pooper... Um, This can be done in one of two ways. What most people do in the snow is they just tell their dog to go outside and they pee and poop on the snow. Then it snows again and covers it up and it looks beautiful and white. And then comes spring, they have a massive clean-up job to do. That's one option. Most people do that. I personally wouldn't. I would build a covered walkway. I would probably build a double dog door so the dog can go out when he wants into a covered walkway, which is long and thin. And at the very far end of it is a doggy toilet area so that we can clean it up each day. It's a pretty involved construction project you have in mind. It's, uh, it's just going to be like four posts with a you know, bit of corrugated um, uh, you know, sheeting over the top. But, I mean, I, I think it's important that people look at their dog's pee and poop each day. They get an idea of frequency, and especially with poop, they look at it. It's one of the, the, the number one signs of dog health. So it's good to look at it clean it up know what it looks like so you see changes yeah know if it doesn't happen absolutely 
and um, and frequency is the, the, the dog urinating more is the dog urinating less does the dog have diarrhea do you see little white creepy crawly things in the poop or stuff a piece like of your this shoe. A piece of your shoe, um, yeah. So, so that's the first question. The second question was the uh, the query about what to use for substrate because she has the luxury of a country cottage. I think I seem <laughs> to remember. Um, it's it, it is true that dogs learn; they develop a preference for final substrate. You know, so basically, what they pee and poop on as puppies, they want to pee and poop on as adults. But that is minor compared to the rewards. And so I would say to this lady, have your country cottage, outdoor, doggy toilet, um, with any substrate you like. I personally would choose turf, because that's the average one. It's dirt and it's the odd blade of grass. It's beautiful. It soaks up the urine and you can lift the feces off of it nicely. Um, so, so that's going to work fine. But you're rewarding the dog for using it. And so within like one week, the dog says, you know, of all the places in the world, I like to pee and poop. It's the country cottage outdoor toilet. I love it. I never get any fringe benefits like that, you know, for doing it anywhere else. Um, the the um, other question was, good Lord, I can't remember. That was, cleaning. oh, cleaning. cleaning. Um, well, what I like to do with, what's important is we do keep a little bit of the urine odor there. Because urine odor attracts dogs to urinate. But isn't it, isn't it just as good that you have a substrate, a soft substrate there that they're accustomed to eliminating on? You mean that soaking up the urine? No, I mean, does it have to be old old urine-soaked grass? I mean, isn't grass in and of itself you know, a substance that will make them want to go? Um, yeah, maybe eventually once they've done it. I mean, yeah, they urinate after sniffing and, and grass and dirt will make them sniff. But I would really hone it down here to the number one place for a dog to urinate in the universe is on top of the urine that's already there. Whether it's its own urine and it's doing this day after day or another dog's urine. And so I, I like turf because you can use each little bit of turf. You buy a couple of rolls, put it down, you can water it. It's kind of fun, especially if you live in the city. You can see a bit of green now. You cut off a little bit and put in like this um, cat litter pan. And um, it soaks up the urine. And after a week, you dispose of it. Or you can put it out in the garden, thoroughly water it, and it will actually grow. So you can clean up the poop, but it will soak up the urine. So it's now an attractant for the dog to use it. So that would be all the clean-up that, that, that I would do there. That seems like it speaks very well to uh, the question previously about transitioning. If you want to uh, transition to outside, you could possibly use your indoor toilet sod, move it outside. Absolutely, absolutely. It smells all, like all, all you've got to do is you take the indoor toilet, you put it outside in the area that you want, you know, as far from the house as possible, because remember, you know, not all outside is okay. There's lots of places outside where we don't want the dog to pee and poop, like on the gardens, on the plants, and what have you. Not enough people have a designated outdoor toilet area, and they're oh, just getting frustrated by oh. their being... Oh, you know, it's, yeah, it's yucky, everywhere. and you look at their lawns. I don't think people realize that they can designate a corner and create that habit in their dog. Some dogs create that habit themselves. Absolutely. You know, yeah, but like that little Ollie used to love doing it on the slope in one corner of the lawn. That was really the nice. The furthest corner where he didn't play? Well, it was the wrong corner of the lawn as far as I was concerned, but that's, um, that was okay. It was one little area, so we need to... to but, so let's say I, I already have a dog that poops indiscriminately throughout the yard. How would I go about getting... 
them to poop in one oh, place. Oh, I, I would up. put him on a differential reinforcement for pooping right away. That basically you put down a little doggy toilet area, which is one square yard, and then that represents the bullseye, and I put semicircles around it. So and would I have to return to crate training so that I know when it's going to yep, poop? put him in the crate. Then you take him outside, and depending on where he goes, the reward um, depends as well. So if he does it outside, you say, good boy. If he does it on the right lawn, you say, good dog, bit of kibble. If he now gets the outer circle of the target, there's a good boy, bit of liver. The middle circle of the target, good dog, good dog, two bits of liver. And when he hits the bullseye... You go, there's my boy, there's good buddy boy, here's a treat, another treat, a third treat, a fourth treat, and a fifth treat. And the dog says, well, this is altogether brilliant. I mean, if I defecate over here, the payoff is huge. You see, so you, and we call that a differential reinforcement, that depending on the quality of the dog's behavior, or in, in this instance, his accuracy, his pooping accuracy, then he gets bigger and better rewards. What about just keeping him on leash for a while and only taking him to that new area? Or do you think there should be a, a boundary around the area? Is that necessary or does that, is that helpful? You know, there's a number of options. If you have a fenced area that's long and thin and the dog goes in this end, he will likely want to poop right down hmm. the far end. Okay, good to know. There's nothing, though, like going out with your dog. And if your dog's little and fast, keep him on leash. And then you can lead him to the doggy toilet area. And the whole point of this is so you can show him where and then you can reward him very handsomely for, for doing it. And, and I like people to think, I think, think how upset you get when your little dog makes one mistake in the house. Well, let's take that level of energy, turn it into praise and give it to the dog when he does it in the right place. And, and if you do that, all of your house soiling problems just disappear because it's now simply more fun for the dog to use his dog toilet. Because, I mean, I often wonder, you know, what dogs think that, you know, when we take a little dog out and he, and he poops in the right place, and then we jump up and down and we clap our hands. I think it, it, dogs must have conversations like this through the fence saying, God, my owner, you know. He's, all you have to do is go over to that corner of the yard and go, and poop. And my owner jumps up and down and claps their hands and goes, says, I just love it. It gives me such kicks. I love my owner and I just, I just love making him happy. Well, I think we're done. That's time. It's from my clock. Now we're over. That's it for this week. Well, I'm glad that you're happy with the house training discussion, but it's over for now. So thank you for your expertise. See you next week. That's all for this episode of iWoofs. Thank you for listening.